Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. There is a war. The war is uh, moving towards um, the horizon, towards the climax, towards the front lines. Father God, we thank you for the revelation of your truth, that you remove the veil from the eyes of the people, the spirits of stupor and seduction that have hoodwinked us for many, many generations, seduced us, sedated us with freedom and with complacency and with uh, luxury and things, materialism. Father, I pray that you'd remove the veil from the eyes of your people, uh, that the shock and, this, and the, uh, <laughs> the shock and the awe of what's really going on will open our eyes, cause us, Lord God, to reach out, reach up, re- stand up, get up, move out, get, get our boots on. Lord God, I thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for us, for taking the lead, for taking the devil on head to head, face to face, and you defeated him at the cross, at the resurrection, and then all Satan has done for these many generations is try to bury the evidence, bury the evidence and create the distractions. And Lord, I thank you that there are, there are, there is a day of reckoning coming. But for this day, I pray that you give us your peace and your promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that you give us eyes to see that, ears to hear, that you'd cause us, Lord God, to rightly divide your holy word of truth, that you give us the gift of repentance repentance and restoration, reconciliation with you, Lord God. Forgive us, Lord God, as a nation, as a people, as individuals, for taking lightly, uh, for taking for granted the things that you have died to give us. Now give us wisdom, and may we speak as the oracles of God. And we ask these things, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, you know, the identity of Jesus is a much debated issue, and it has been for a long time. You know, uh, you know, we're looking at the book of Mark, and uh, in in chapter uh, eight uh, and verse uh, twenty-seven, now mm-hmm. Jesus and his disciples went out of the towns of Caesarea Philippi, and on the road he has. Now this is an, a very idolatrous area. Correct. Many the goddess mm-hmm. god Pan mm-hmm. was worshipped. The there. oracles Many of other Delphi. Gods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just, divination. It, it just it was the like center it, of divination. It's like actually, it is today we've got all this divination. We got all these. This must have been gods, a portal. Must have been a place worship. of the portal. It was at the foot of Mount Hermon, I think. Was right? It? Exactly. And on the road, he asked his disciples, uh, "Who do men say that I am?" Question. Big question. Big question. You know, wh- what are people saying about you? And and uh, they said, "Well," they answered and said, "Well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others one of the prophets." Now, they were being kind. They were being kind because we read in the book of uh, John, uh, chapters, you get into 6, 7, 8, and even into chapter 9, people are challenging his identity. They're saying, mm-hmm. okay, he is a demon. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, he's a bastard. He's born someone born without yeah. wedlock, mm-hmm. he, uh, out, out of wedlock. He is a, a deceiver. Um, he has, he, he's come, he's not from the right place. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could, you know, so there's, there's, they're saying the disciples are responding with the, the nicer things, the more flattering things but people he, are and saying he's, about But he him. said to them, 
you know, they say, but then he, he says, okay, with the cut with all that, what, who do you say that I am? And here is the bottom line question that Jesus Christ is, is asking us, you know, we, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, um, we're, we're in that place where this is the foundation of our, of our life, of our decisions, what we're going to do, how we're going to spend our life, our time, our money, our energy, our focus. What are we going to, what are we going to work towards? Is it going to be towards that million dollars making a million by the time you're 30? Is it going to be, you know, what is your goal in your life? And, and it's this, for a Christian, the goal begins with your identification of who Jesus Christ is correctly, rightly dividing it, not as Satan, but the, the angel of light has, um, uh, presented him. And uh, right now, in a, right this very day, this day, today, we are in the most critical days of the world, of the nation, of uh, the United States of America, as we have ever been in. And I believe the biggest foundational problem is that the Christians, the followers of Jesus Christ, and they're not the same, necessarily the same thing, but right. the, the followers of Jesus Christ, we'll talk, talk about the followers in a minute, and the, and the Christians are not the same thing, and they have not clearly at all been able to come into any unity or, or consensus about who Jesus Christ is. Some are still fumbling around with, well, he was a great teacher, he's one, one among many, he's one of the prophets, you know, yeah, the other stories are just as credible, you know, um, all of these things about the, the, the pagan gods. And, 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 you know, even if we aren't so taken up with pagan gods, we are definitely taken up with their with their their stories and their their mythologies and their practices in the forms of witchcraft and wizardry, um, and 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 it's just you know I understand that that's what the world would do. They're going to go after whatever they go after, and it's always the contrary to what the Lord God and the truth is. But for the Christians right now, we are we have been deceived. We have been lulled into in a stupor, uh, sedated into a trance like condition because of our freedoms, because of our lack of uh, submitting to God and resisting the devil. We have not resisted the devil because we have not even believed that that surely or confidently that there is a devil to resist. It seems like it is, life is what you make it. It's your, take, you take, you know, you know, take your chances, take your, use your responsibility, uh, go for the gusto, make good decisions. But it's nothing about following Jesus. So we see here, as he is pre- preparing them, I believe this question, who do you say that, is the preparation for the next section that we're going to be looking at, which is basically the cost of discipleship. Because he's, he then, after, after he says, but who do you say that, am? and then Peter says, you're the Christ, the Son of God. Um, and then Jesus said, you know, um, Jesus actually said, you know, keep that under wraps for now. Be quiet. Don't tell anybody. Um, and he began to teach them about what it would be, what it, what it would cost to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Well, he's talking about what it would co- what it costs him to bring this to us. And he mm-hmm. said to Peter, he says, in another place where this same account is given in another uh, one of the Gospels, he said, "Flesh and blood does not reveal this to you." Mm-hmm. In other words, you just didn't you didn't figure this out. Right. It was revealed to you from God the Father mm-hmm. that I am the Christ. But he began to teach them, verse 31 of Mark chapter 8, mm-hmm. that the Son of Man, which is a reference from Daniel and the book of Enoch, yes. referring to Jesus as the Son of Man. Uh, he is the Son of God. He is the Son of Man. Uh, he must suffer many things and be rejected 
by the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and killed, and be killed, and after three days, rise again. So he was saying, defining that rejection, it's not just a bunch of, you know, con- verbal confrontations and, 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 and setting him up and trying to catch him in his words like they did many, many, many times. But it was actually going to take him down to the foot of the cross and on the cross. The rejection was going to manifest itself in his own crucifixion. And he was trying to prepare the disciples for the shock that he was going to be killed and he would raise three days later from the dead. He was going to be killed. There's a pattern, right? There's a pattern all the way through the scriptures that the true people of God, the true prophets, the true men and women of God are always rejected Silenced. by the religious mm-hmm. establishment. Yes, the elite. And it's the same mm-hmm. thing, too. What we have today, for example, in America right now, for the most part, is we have a lot of the churches are basically perverted New Age entertainment centers. That's right. They That's really are. That's what they are. And, it, it, and they it's have a, to spend a, a lot of money to maintain the facade, to maintain mm-hmm. the facilities, mm-hmm. to maintain the programs. and To and entertain basic, the masses. Right. And, and yet they must also, to keep this delusion, this illusion, this trickery, treachery uh, uh, going, they do mix a, 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 a portion of the scripture Truth. of God sure. uh, in with the, po- the, the poison. They mix, they have to mix them or people would get too smart and figure it out. But as long as, you know, and people are very sedentary, they're very slow to make a decision. People are afraid to make decisions. They're afraid to make moves. Yet God says to come out from among them and be separate and touch not the unclean thing. I I, I don't know what it's going to take for people to move out of their churches. I think they are sifting out one here, one there, a little at a time, and going back to the Word of God. But Jesus is really talking to us here about, okay, this is, what do you, who do you say I am? You know, it doesn't matter what the others say. What do you say? Really, mm-hmm. your life, your soul is in your hands, your own hands. When you have the, you have the, the power to make the determination of where you will spend eternity. You cannot blame anyone else for your life or your circumstances when God has given you still yourself the freedom to make that decision to follow Jesus or not. And you cannot live by the opinions of other people. But we have done that so much. We need oh. to re- almost repent of that because, you know, yes. that man fear, fear of man, what will they say? What will they think? Avoid conflict. This has been the devil's mantra. He whispers it in our ears. He speaks it through our media. He, he constantly is trying to keep the masses from becoming alarmed. He he perverts the story. He 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 spins another scenario. He keeps us entertained. Until we are seduced, sedated, distracted, and and called pulled off, dis, distracted really, uh, and called off of our course, off the purposes to which we're called, and and life can do that to you. There are plenty of things that can come along that are that are life threatening, life controlling, that that are absolutely de- devastating, that can pull you off the track. And the the one of the critical things is 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 this: there is no power. There's really very no power in the church to deal with the critical demonic strongholds in the lives of people. There is no power. Well, one of the problems is because that this and it's really what we talk of is there's a difference between so-called Christianity and the church. There's a difference between the so-called church 
and the true people of God. And the bride, Christ, the remnant, yes. Right. And so what we say is that how the church has fallen away, fallen away, right. fallen the away. Ap- that is really not the church. It's called the church. It's a deception, deceptive it's, label. It's not yeah. the true church. The true church is the people of the living God mm-hmm. who are born again by the Spirit of God. And, and have made this confession that Jesus Christ is, is the Lord. Jesus, they've mm-hmm. confessed. They've uh, confessed with their mouth and believed in their heart that God has raised and Jesus they Christ the from the dead. And they're living mm-hmm. the life according to the squir- scriptures, not according to some um, popular, popular theology yeah, yeah. Yeah. or some, pop or some, some yeah. humanistic spin that comes from a big shot TV preacher or something. Um, that is, mm-hmm. you know, that is, is one of the great deceptions of, of our day. Yeah. There's such a mixture. Well, isn't it interesting that the TV is called TV programming, programming, get it? It's what it you is. are being programmed. Yeah. TV programs program you. It tell, the devil tells it to you right straight to your face and you don't even get it. And so we keep sucking up the TV, watching this stupid stuff that really ultimately is just there to, to demean you and blaspheme the most high. Blaspheme. I believe there's much blasphemy going on in our nation right now with the witchcraft, the practices of witchcraft, seduction, new age, paganism, all these things that are promising some sort of enlightenment or some sort of release or some sort of utopia. People are just being drawn into it because they don't see the power in the church because the church has been stripped of its power because it's compromised. It's like you, you're you're trying to carry water in a vessel that has many holes poked in it, and you're wondering why you can't get the water from point A to point B, because we have been we've been uh, tampered with, we've been poked, and we've been diluted, we've been damaged. And and but here, going back to the word, he says, "But who do you say that I am?" And you know, and then even Peter with his confession. Even Peter, 20 seconds later, he's basically, when Jesus says he's going to die on the cross, uh, or die, three days later he's going to raise again, he, he spoke this word. Peter took him aside and began to correct him, to rebuke him, and say, this cannot be, this isn't the way we planned it, this isn't going to be, uh, this isn't our agenda, this is not good. And, and Jesus then had to say to him, get behind me, Satan. Because Satan was so subtle that he was in Peter's mind, his thoughts as they impersonator bringing these thoughts into Peter's mind and Peter was thinking they were his good intentions to comfort and correct and 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 speak good words to Jesus to comfort him from this terrible thought to uh dissuade him and so um he he began to uh speak words that sounded good just like the sweet soft gospel the the, the peace and safety gospel but when they see say peace and safety, sudden destruction. But but Jesus corrected him immediately and says, "Get behind me, Satan." Jesus knew that it was not Peter who was saying this to Satan, but Satan. And he, this shows you that he, the when we move into this idea of discipleship, you know, true discipleship, um, there there is going to be this this deception or confusion at the gate at the onset. There's this this devil trying to come in. And preach to you a false gospel, right? And the the gospel is, is like, who is Jesus Christ? That is true. What is the true identity of Jesus Christ? And let's let's say this. Let's just declare it simply: He is the eternal Son of the Living God. He's the Son of Man. He's the eternal Son of God. And uh, he, he he through him everything was created. We read that in Colossians. By him, all things consist. 
He is the Son of God made manifest in the flesh, is a human being, came to earth three and a half years approximately, uh, brought the truth, confronted religious evil, Mm -hmm. (laughs) healed the sick, raised the dead, Mm -hmm. cleansed the lepers, did that, gave his life on the cross for our sins, raised again, and then he's commissioned his people to go into all world and bring this message of the gospel. But the the message of the gospel does not seem to make any sense or be necessary or be personally relevant to people who don't understand what really happened. If you don't have the backstory of Satan's sin, the fall, um, the corruption of mankind, and Satan's desire to cast us all into the abyss to separate us from the love of God, if we don't understand the the context of what Jesus did, then Jesus just looks stupid. What, why did he do that? Dying on the cross? Well, why didn't he just... Well, yeah, what's, what, what's with that? How so, how's that so important? But so the, the thing is, it behooves us not to take our teaching from our gurus and our pastors and our priests, but to take our teaching from the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And so if you have been, please, please consider this, the, the jeopardy that you are in right now in your own soul. If you do not consider that this is life and death, well, the stakes are life and death in this spiritual battle, in this war between God and Satan for the souls of men. And so that's why th- this is a life and death uh, declaration. You know, when people sign up for the, the Marines or the, the armed forces or whatever, they per- pretty much are saying um, whatever it, ne- it needs to take for me to, to stand for my country, to pr- protect freedom, mm-hmm. I'm willing to go to the point of laying down my life or becoming maimed or blind for this cause. This cause is important. I don't think they all understand it so much. Some of them are, it's a romantic kind of notion. But really, bottom line, that's what you're saying. You're saying, I'm going to be playing with guns and tanks and bombs and, and, and grenades, and I'm willing to lose my life if I have to, to protect what they believe is worth protecting. Now, that's what Jesus is saying here. Are you, are you willing to lay down your life? Because he says in, ver- in the next verse, he says, Whoever desires to come after me. Then he said to then when he had called his called the people to him with his disciples, he said to them, Now notice the people are with him now, not just the disciples. Well, so this so isn't just a call for the twelve. This, this is for this is for everyone. This this is the standard for everyone. So this is your op- you're you're being invited to the war. You're being invited take us to take your stand with Jesus Christ. And I don't care how much you fumbled in the past, the ball, your life, you screwed up, you feel bad, guilty, stupid, whatever. That does not matter. Most all of that anyway is the demonic accusations against you. So don't be bound up with trying to defend yourself in court. God already, Jesus, the faithful witness, already knows what Satan did to you. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to, you know, uh, judge yourself. You don't have to um, feel bad, actually, because most of what you're feeling bad about is that you just got mauled in the war and didn't realize there was a war going on. Um, But Jesus is saying, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, let's just look at this for a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, this, this seems really too harsh. You know, just we say to people, okay, just pray this little prayer and then you're fine. Yeah. Right? So, so we make it so, uh, I don't. Yeah, you but don't. when you sign a contract for anything and you don't know what you're buying and you haven't read any of the fine print and, and you really don't, you're taking the word of somebody who says, here, just sign over here, sign, sign, sign. And you're signing a waste of, and you don't really, 
you're trusting the person who's you telling you to sign. You're you don't know what you're getting into. This is what, what people in the in the church, they don't know what they're getting into. They haven't been properly taught. They have they don't understand the stakes. They don't understand this is life and death. This is the war of kingdoms. This is the war between Satan and the kingdom of darkness, which is prowling, destroying, strangling, suffocating, uh, uh, maiming uh, everybody that is not that is that is under his power and sway and the, the sway of the evil one. Well, 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 but Je- yeah, well, but Je- Jesus said here, whoever yeah. desires to come after me, that desire to follow Jesus does not really come from you. It does not. You can't um, you can't work it up. You can't muster it up. It has to be an inspiration. It has to be an anointing. It has to be a call. You're responding to a call of the Lord. You that desire comes from God. Uh, you know He draws us. The Holy Spirit draws us into the fullness of this revelation of this truth. It is that power of the Holy Spirit. So you must have been called, drawn. But then, of course, at this invitation, you can also say no. You can also make excuses. You can also be too busy, as we know in the, the parable of the, the, the supper the, the, where the master invites those and they're too busy. They've just married a wife and bought a cow and bought some land and they're too busy to come. Well, what happens? It's in the King James, it says, whosoever will come after me. Whosoever, there's the exercise of the will. will. There's Mm -hmm. the desire and the will. It's not a feeling. To come. So, and basically, if you have that desire deep in your heart to follow Jesus, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Right. Now, part of it is because we are created in the likeness of image of God. And, and the the problem is, is that we become almost totally clueless as to what that means. We are remade to, to get reconnected with God. Because so this is this is why we have religion. Mm-hmm. The way Satan says to get reconnected with God. Oh, you can have religion. Go to church. Like like uh, mm-hmm. like um, Cain. Offer your vegetables to mm-hmm. God. You can good do works. this. And mm-hmm. and the world is full of all kinds of religion from. A to Z. Satanism, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, uh, all kinds of Taoism, Hinduism, mm-hmm. Islam, all these things are uh, supposedly, this is how mankind, under the influence of Satan, mm-hmm. says that you are to connect with, with, with God. But, you know, but Jesus is giving the proper criteria, the proper prescription. In other words, Here's what it is. If you're going to follow me, if you have that desire, this is what you're going to have to do. It's like anything else. If you're going to, you know, buy something, like you mentioned, Marjorie, about signing a contract. If you want, if you have to do anything, there are certain qualifications that you have to do. You have to sign this. You have to do that. You have to have this paper. Mm-hmm. You have to use this number on your card or whatever it is to, in order to, to, to carry out, carry through on the transaction. Right. But but the thing is that we are created by God in the first place. The tragedy is that we already have built within us, created within us, the desire to walk in holiness and righteousness and truth and purity and goodness. And yes, I know it's hard to believe that because we have been redefined by the pit, the snake pit of life, by religion, by the materialism, Evolution. by worldly, world minus, uh, worldviews that are anti-God, yes. by blasphemy. We've been immersed. We've been exposed constantly every day, every day, every day. 
we're breathing in the poisons and the toxins of of this evil world system. And so Satan is working overtime, night and day, to redefine you, to take away your consciousness of, of, of God, your desire for God. That is already there. God wants to reconnect with you by drawing you back to the truth. I really believe that the young ones that have been lied to constantly since the moment they were born, put in front of screens and programs and video games and TVs to instruct them and educators that are liars, I believe that God is going to give them a chance. I believe that they are going to rise up and see, come out of their witchcraft, come out of their paganism, come out of their foolishness, come out of their drugs and see that there is no other. I mean, they've already explored the bottom, the bottom of the barrel, really, and looked for good, looked for God, looked for experiences that were divine. And what did they come up with? The bottom of the barrel. And I believe that those are the ones who are going to say, you know what? I don't want mom and dad, which you think I want. I don't want all this materialism. I don't want this, this flat, fancy life, this, this complacent life that you've shown me. I want, I want war. I want battle. I want to go to war. I want to do something with me. I want to defeat with Jesus Christ. I want to defeat the enemy. And so these are the ones he's going to call. The desire is going to be put in them, rekindled. It's the candle that's being lit. The candle is there. The spirit is there. But God is going to light that candle it, with his and fire. He has to light it with his fire because basically this, this younger generation, this is all they know is the lies and the technology. And no one's ever apologized. And, and no one's ever mm-hmm. really, for the most part, mm-hmm. has never really communicated the reality, the true identity of Jesus Christ to them. Because because it doesn't, it, it, because it's the devil's world. And he doesn't want these people to come to the truth and the revelation of who they really are. So Jesus is, and you know, he says, he, he, if anyone desires or wills to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Notice that Jesus is one commandment, really, obviously, to love the Lord or God with all their hearts and minds and strength their neighbors herself and to forgive and bless our, our enemies, etc. But this command wrapped up in general is to follow him. It's not to, to try to get rid of our sins. He never, ever, 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 one time, not one time, said, guys, this is all about you getting rid of your sins. He said, I'm doing that part. It is finished. Yes. I paid for your sins. Now let's go on and do what you're going to do. But notice here too, as we go, if we can flip for a second to Luke chapter uh, 14, he's also talking about uh, the cost of discipleship there in verse 25, uh, 14, 25 of Luke. Um, and that's right after he talks to them about going to the highways and hedges and compelling them to come in because each person has a soul. I don't care what they look like on the outside, how ragged, how torn up, how beat up their body is, how screwed up their mind is. They are still may have souls and are made in the image of God. All right. So he says, um, he said to the multitude, a great multitude went with him and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father or his mother, wife or children, brother or sister, let him and his own life. Yes. And his own life. Also, he cannot be my disciple. So we see here that the, um, the, the criteria is what, what it comes to the point of almost hatred where we are like going to have to um, despise our mother and father in order, to, um, into, in order to get this job done, in order to follow him. And so 
so we have so we have the the heaviness the the hating i mean he's really not advocating that we hate our father and our mother because our father and our mother uh he he says honor your father and your mother so he's not saying okay now we changed that rule so now you don't have to honor your father and mother you have to um you have to hate them to be my disciples no he's just making a comparison here he is saying you know as much as you love your father and your mother it's going to look like hatred compared to how much and how intense and how committed to and how sold out you are to the cause of Jesus Christ because a lot of people are controlled by their fathers and their mothers they stay in the same churches as their father and their mother they um uh, they, you know, they they are afraid to uh, cross them or or conflict with them or 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 correct them. Um, they're trying to make them happy, and so the thing is, we have this kind of uh, uh, heavy duty hate your father and your mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. So he's not saying to hate your life, but he's saying he loves his life will lose it. That's what he says. He begins to say, he who loves his, loves his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will keep it. Yeah. You know, and you see the same thing too here in uh, Matthew chapter 10. He said, you know, he talks about the price, the persecutions that are coming. He says, they're, they're going to, you know, be beware of men. He says, I'm going to send you like sheep in the midst of wolves. Um, beware of men, verse uh, uh, Matthew ten seventeen, for they will deliver you up to their councils and scourge you in their synagogues. Mm-hmm. You'll be brought to kings and governors and kings for my name's sake as a testimony to them. There, he said, don't worry about what you're going to say in those hours. The Holy Spirit will give you what to speak at that particular time. It's going to be the Father, God the Father, that will speak to you and through you at that time. He said, you know, you'll be hated right. by all, verse 22 of Matthew 10, but hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And he goes on, he says, um, uh, verse 24, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher. That's that's what it is to be a follower mm-hmm. of Jesus and a servant to be like his master. Well, then they're not trying to live their own life. They're not trying to you know, keep their list and their, you know, their five-year goal and all that. They're, they're sold out. They're, and as a matter of fact, when we follow Jesus Christ, one of the basic pieces of good news that never gets preached, never gets preached, is that we are actually dead. When you are born again, it implies, there's an implication there, that you actually died. You already are dead. You already laid down your life. You, were di- you died with Christ. You're crucified with Christ. And so now, therefore, we're resurrected with him. We're bought with a price. We're not our own anymore. He paid for us. I was on the, the, the execution block. Mm-hmm. And he, he removed me by taking my punishment, my penalty for me. And we, and we declare that when we're baptized. You know, everyone that's um, a believer is to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit by immersion. And what it, that is, it is an expression Mm-hmm. That we believe died. Jesus died and mm-hmm. rose again from the dead. And as Jesus died for my sin, now I died to my sin and I've been raised to live a new life. So we're down, we go so down into that watery it's grave. A bar- yeah. It's mm-hmm. a symbolic burial, yep. mm-hmm. recognizing if someone is dead, give them a decent burial. I know that cremation's the big deal today. Well, you is, know, the, but 
People uh, don't think of their lives in this terms of, of, of be- being dead and committed because once you're dead, you're fearless because you're not afraid of death anymore because you know what? It doesn't matter. Jesus said, but guys, he says, don't fear those who can kill the body, but after that have nothing they can do, but fear him who is able to cast the body and the soul into hell. So there was uh, a series uh, uh, about, I think, about eight different films uh, several years ago called Band of Brothers. And uh, uh, I think Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg put it together. And what they were saying, there was a soldier there that was uh, very afraid. He was in the Mm -hmm. foxhole during World War II, and he was just afraid. He was freaking out. He was just hunkering down in his foxhole. And one of the guys, there's a lull in the action, one of the guys come over and he said, listen, he said, listen, soldier, he said, I know you just got to, cons- basically what he was saying, you got to consider yourself already dead. And if you consider yourself already dead, then you can be the fighting soldier mm-hmm. that you Because you love be. not your life unto the death. Love, and, and basically he thought about Satan. that for a while. And then when the battle started again, he boldly got up and started shooting away at the enemy. So basically, that's really what it is. And he said, "Listen, you know, you're you're denying yourself, uh, taking up your cross, and fall. we we want to mm-hmm. affirm ourselves. Yeah, it, you know. But it's it's important that we understand our identity as to who we are in Christ. But at the same time, we're not here to live our own life. Uh, it, you know, it's like I think someone said." This is losing our self-centered determination to be in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we see commercials on television or other places. You know, take charge. Take control of your oh. health. Take control of your finances. Stupid. You know, take control of your you're life. In, you're in control. And it's like it's that your is, life. That is uh, it's just, so false. It is, it so, is. It's so absolutely false. It is such a lie. The only thing you basically still get to choose is what flavor of pizza you want to eat tonight when you gorge yourself in front of the television. That's about it. Sorry. But going back to the real purpose of things, he's saying, okay, if you're going to, this is the criteria. You're going to have to be so committed to this, to live as Christ, to die as gain. And it says in Revelation, they overcame Satan by three, by three things, the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives to the death. We, we are, we're eternal beings. Yeah, we might, we're going to have a human death at some point unless we rapture, and that would be very nice. But we can't count on that. Everybody isn't going to get raptured. There's 6,000 people that just got killed in wherever it was. Nigeria. Yeah. Believers. Be- because they're Christians. 6,000. Whoever hears about anything like that, these people around the world are being murdered, beheaded, chopped up in pieces, uh, buried in huge trenches because they follow God. Satan hates them. And if you turn away from Satan and stop serving him, he will hate you too. He hates you already anyway. But Jesus says, here's the, here's the price. You know, um, whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now, this is interesting because Satan has also twisted that verse around. Every single verse, Satan has put a tweak on oh. it, a twist on it. So now he's got people believing that it's their cross to bear for Jesus by suffering needless things things Satan has put upon them as demonic judgments because he's made them feel guilty or bad for doing something and that they are feeling, they're agreeing through an implied consent that I deserve to be punished. And then they're thinking that God is punishing them because they broke God's law. So it's very, very twisted. So Satan is putting these demonic judgments on them, thinking them that those, those judgments, for example, um, you know, well, people who are sick. Sickness. Yeah. God, God. This is, the people think, oh, this is, 
This is the cross this, that God has given me to bear. Yeah, yeah. And they go with it. And, and you know what? God is good. He gives us the grace to go through many, many difficult things because we have not been able to be or receive the healing. And I'm not criticizing those people who have put up with a lifetime of paralysis or, right. or, or um, and they have, through that, they've continued to shine for Jesus There's, and, and stand for them, God, God and put a grace. smile on their face. Yes. yes. God has given them grace. And, and, grace. But, but I don't believe that's God's will, true, his perfect will. It's his permissive will, but it's not his perfect will that these people, because if it was his will that these people with all these crosses, then the, the guy who came to him on that Sabbath and he had the, the spirit of dropsy on him, I think that's actually in the next verses of the next part of this, he, he wouldn't have healed him. He wouldn't have healed the woman bowed down 18 years with the spirit of infirmity. If it well, was her cross to bear, he was taking away her lovely, well, wonderful cross that God had given her to bear to prove her love for Jesus. I, I believe that, yes, God gives us grace. There's many scenarios in the world. God is able to sustain us in every situation. But if you're carrying a cross that is a distraction and keeping you from going forward in, in you know, the freedom and liberty to preach the, you can preach the gospel through your pain yes but i don't believe that's god's first first and perfect will for any of us yes i know there's suffering and suffering is different than pain jesus suffered we suffer many things those who love people suffer it says love bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things love actually suffers because you love someone you actually are suffering but the, and, and that's one of the places of the greatest uh, uh pain in our life is broken relationships and rejection and misunderstandings and harsh words and, and, and misconstruing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, but it, our cross to bear, I believe, is when our will crosses God's will and our, we decide to go God's way. Because our cross might be, oh, I wanted to be a, a rich, famous executive with a lovely life and da-da-da-da-da, and that's my goal, but that's not God's goal for you. So the cross you bear, the cross you give up, you bear his cross. You say, okay, Jesus, we're going to do what you need to get done. We're going to work for the kingdom of God. We're servants of the most high God. We're ambassadors of heaven. Yes, we'll go risk our life. Yes, we'll go share about the God. Yes, we'll take these Bibles to wherever. Yes, we'll do this. Yes, we'll, we'll inconvenience ourselves. Yes, we'll, we'll open up our home. Yes, we'll give uh, our food to the hungry. These, this is where you're denying your own, not life, your own life and necessities where the Lord calls you to do it. Now, he doesn't call us to do it every day, 100% all the time. Like, so you have no food and you give all your food away. Nobody else has food. Everybody else has your food. It's not, God, it's a, it's a timing thing. There's a time to get up and go and, and give away. And there's a time to uh, build up and keep. But we have to know what time it is because it has to walk in the spirit. Walking in the spirit means Ecclesiastes, there's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to pick up stone, a time to cast a stone, a time to plant, a time to pick. We have to know as we're walking in the Spirit, what is the Spirit saying? What is He leading you to do? And it's not always this extremist stuff. It's sometimes just abiding. It's always abiding, you know, and being, being and abiding and rejoicing and listening to God and being obedient. Yeah, and that's true. Some people think we get over-dramatized on this sometimes, yeah. that it's just like, you know, there was this guy recently that went to this uh, North Sentinel Island in the middle of the Bay of Bengal, and he got speared to death by the natives that had been there for probably thousands of years just to bring the gospel. People were saying, oh, how foolish is that? You know, 
But but he laid down his life, and I believe that God is going to use that to open the door to Mm -hmm. minister to those Mm -hmm. people in the future. Mm -hmm. But people would say, oh, how crazy, how stupid. I mean, why don't you just leave him alone? And this guy was saying, a young man from Mm -hmm. the state of Washington said, hey, this is one of Satan's last strongholds. They've never heard the gospel Mm going to go. And he did, and he gave his, up his life. People could say it's crazy, mm-hmm. but if he was obedient to the Spirit of God, mm-hmm. it, it's it's wonderful. But mm-hmm. sometimes we think, okay, there's someone who's really giving his life for mm-hmm. the Lord. Well, maybe it's giving your life for um, forgiving someone yeah. in your family or, or just you know doing the dishes or uh-huh. uh, just... As put, unto the Lord. Uh, doing a, as unto the Lord, some, some more of a, a humble... Task or some little day to day things mm-hmm. that are, are are just are very important. It might seem very monotonous. Or, yeah, and maybe they go against the thing. Man, I would rather be doing this. Yeah, but Jesus, you have me doing this. Well, I think and I'm one of okay the, with that. Yeah, that's part of uh, taking up your cross and, and following. F- following. Well, I him. think one of the ways of taking up our cross too that we don't think about much is how it feels. I think many times Christians, young people, old people, all of us, we've been. We've been lulled into this comfort zone and we like good feelings and we like to feel, feel, feel the presence of God. We like to feel loved. We like to feel the warm glow of the, of the you know, lovely Christmas Hallmark movie, whatever it is. We like to feel, feel, feel. And, 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 but, but, but we don't like those harsh feelings. We don't like those, those feelings of, uh, of no feelings. We, we don't, and that's part of laying down your uh, life, taking up your cross and not, not judging it on how you're feeling about how it's going. Bearing our cross is not a pleasant thing. Um, When Jesus went to the cross, it was not a feel-good thing. Correct. It was, it was a, I got to get this done. This is, it was, he put his, his face to the ground or his, his feet to the ground and his eyes forward. And he did what he did. And he had, and by the grace of God, he was strengthened actually by an angel of the Lord to actually complete the task because Satan was already going to kill him ahead of time with probably some sort in of a the, heart in attack the of, in, in the, the garden, garden of Eden. with the I mean, loss the of his of blood. The garden yeah. of Gethsemane. Maybe it was the garden of Eden. It's probably well, who knows yeah, the same place. Yeah. But we, but um, that might not have been a mislip, but anyway, um, so we know that there is this kind of you, you it's, it's like a gets it's for love. How many things do you suffer for love? Just little things even like you love your baby. So you get up in the middle of the night, you're tired, you just want to sleep, and you get up and you feed the baby, comfort them, change your diaper, blah, blah, blah. And what if the baby doesn't want to go back to sleep? Then you still stay up. It's not, you know, you're doing it for love. This is because we love Jesus. I believe if we don't love Jesus and don't have that love, which is probably a feeling, but it's also a commitment. It's a knowing. It's a knowing. It's a different than, it's different than just my will. It's God's will strengthening my will, his spirit strengthening us to do that which is right in his sight. We can't of our own self do nothing, but through Jesus Christ, we can do all things. So this taking up our cross following Jesus is not something that we can actually do by choice. It, we, we agree with the invitation, but we, are, we cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so then we're, we're putting ourselves, denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following him is, is putting our lives under the guidance and the leading of the Holy Spirit. So he is speaking to us as to what what to do. And Jesus said, the one that obeys me is the one that truly loves me. Yeah, yeah. He said, it's kind of interesting, he said he he is speaking to us. 
this is a very important piece as we just moved from the discussion of Peter and the disciples about who am I? And, and, and it's like Jesus was, um, it, the camera was following him and he was recording all of this event and the things that had just happened previous to that. And then as we turn the page and Jesus says, um, he, he said to them, who, 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 whoever desires to come after me, it's like he's turning to the camera. He was turning, you know, we were seeing him in action with the people and making his, you know, statements and, and teaching. And then he turns to the camera and he says, what will you do? Whoever desires to come after me. It's like the, the preacher who he's preaching to this congregation. And then at the last, at the moment, last moment, he turns to the camera as if, and he, and he includes the audience and he says, what will you do? Mm-hmm. What will you do? Mm-hmm. And so um, he's, he's giving this invitation, not just to them. It's not just a read about something that happened in the past. This is a living book. This book is current. You, this book is so scary current. It is really scary current. You can read about the perilous times that we're in. You can read about the fires. You can read about the... You Caravan. Can, you can read about... Yeah, you can read about it's all. There. It's all in the book. It's all happened before, and it's about to happen again. And we are at the most critical place in the United States of America that we have ever been in. And God is calling his people one, one. We are, we are shocked. Tell me, we're not shocked that what we saw when this president got elected, that what, the, what it, it turned up, the theory of hell. It turned up the yes. theory of Satan. And, and you have to know it's the theory of hell. You know the fruit of it, that they're promoting abortions, dismemberment of babies, and saying it's a humane thing in front of Congress. They're, 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 they're absolutely unashamed to blaspheme, to tear apart, to, to they're hypocrites. Just, it's all, but, it's, but it's the people who are manifesting Satan himself, who is pulling up. This is crisis time. Satan will pull off his battle of Armageddon, at least to get to the battlefront. He will be there and there will be a following after him. And there will be many things that happen before he gets there, including the mark of the beast. And there will be. So we are right now in America. Do you want do you want to go over the cliff right now or do you want to have uh, repent Confess the sins of this nation and ha- and ask God to have mercy on them. This is not. This is not. Oh, just another. You know, I don't know. Another little blip on the screen. Th- this is it. This is it. People, mm-hmm. are you willing to fast? Are you willing to pray? Are you willing to cry out to God? Are you willing to repent? Are you willing to confess the sins of this nation as Jeremiah did for his and as Daniel did for his when they were in these critical points? Are are we willing to take a moment aside from our lovely little life of trying to keep my cozy little nest, you know, and, and feather my little nest with another beautiful purchased down covered filled, filled, whatever to cry out to God and say, Lord, this life is temporary. Your home could be burned up. Your, our, our lives could be changed in less than a split second. Like they were in Sodom and Gomorrah. It was less than a split second that turned that ground those pieces of pottery into glass because of the heat. Uh, they just discovered that, by the way, um, as if we didn't already know this, but it's another confirmation. And Satan hates these confirmations when things come out that prove, prove, prove what God's word has said is true. And, and so it's your, it's, it's, are you going to be the disciple that follows him or the one that abandons him? Well, Jesus said in, in Mark eight thirty five, whosoever desires, whoever desires to save his life will lose mm-hmm. it. 
mm-hmm. whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save will, it. Will save it. And so he's saying, okay, give up control to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Follow. He says, verse Cry thirty-six. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? He says, I mean, what good is it going to do? You've got a, an eternal soul that's going to spend eternity in the lake of fire or in the glories of, of heaven, the new heaven and the new earth. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, you think of the, the, the parable of the rich fool that Jesus talked about mm-hmm. in Luke 12. He said, you've got, he says, you know, he, he had great crops. He said, I got so much, such a big, big crops. I have to pull down my barns, build bigger barns. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say to my soul, take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Mm -hmm. You've got many goods laid up for many years. I've got security. I've got wealth and all that. And and then, but then God said to him, but but listen, this night, your soul is going to be required of you. So at that moment, no choice, no control, your soul's going to go. Then stand before me. Then what's going to happen to you? What, how, what, what's going to happen with all these things? You're going to leave all this stuff behind and you're going to stand before the judge, the judgment of God. So his priorities were really shallow and focused on this materialistic uh, temporal well, life. And we've got so much of that going on in America, right? Mm-hmm. And, and many people sell it. What will a man give in exchange for their souls? A lot of people sell out really cheap. Well, you they know, will sell their souls for, for money, mm-hmm. for pleasure, Mm-hmm. for for fame, for power. We've got that going on right now. People selling out. There were people that started out following the Lord and they sold their souls for a little more pleasure, a little deceived. more power, yeah. a little more fame, that sort of thing. That's seduction. The devil has seduced, the, the python spirit has twisted everything. Nothing is as it appears out there. And they're selling, you're selling your soul for a lie, for a, for a mirage, really, but we're also talking about freedom, freedom to, to, you know, be free, freedom to love God, freedom to, to practice and practice, freedom to follow God and, 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 and follow what we believe is true. And you've got to look at it this way in America. We're so, Jesus said a man's life does not consist in the abundance, abundance of, of the things, things he, he possesses. possesses. Mm-hmm. You remember the rich young ruler came to Jesus? Mm-hmm. He said, you know, uh, uh, what, you know, what, what must I, I do? do? What, what must, must I, I do, do to, to inherit? inherit? But you don't do anything to inherit. You are to inherit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Your inheritance comes through because, because you're part of the family or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he said, um, he said, well, I, he says, well, I've kept all these commandments, and just Jesus said to him, one thing you lack: mm-hmm. sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. And come follow me. Yeah. yeah. And he said, no, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. He said, "No, I can't do that. I got. I, I'm in love with my stuff. He's in a very precarious position. His, his situation. He's well. I don't think they realize. We realize the the precious, uh, irreplaceable soul that you have. Your soul represents your life. Your body uh, will perish. You get a new body, or you'll go to hell. But you know, and that's not an okay thing. But the soul. We don't. We don't think about ourselves as." We we're thinking of the cosmic consciousness now, the global consciousness that we're being merged and morphed and 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 compacted into one solitary unit of mass of mindless nothing. Mm-hmm. But we do have individual souls. I don't care how much the devil lies to you and think that you can have unity, unity at the expense of everything else. 
and that's that's his trick right now. But the thing is that the Bible says in the Jesus's last comment in this section was for whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the son of man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father and his holy angels. Number one, we, we, we are beyond an adulterous and sinful generation. Our sin is multiplied exponentially compared to what they were having. And they were already called adulterous and, and sinful. And it, when he comes in his glory with his angels, I don't really believe that we believe that Jesus Christ himself is going to come in the glory of the Father with his angels. Uh, we're going to see that. You're going to see that. You're going to live to see that. And so the thing is, if we don't realize that we have um, sold ourselves short, bought a bowl of soup and decided that that was going to be enough for me, that that you realize you will not be validated you will not be confirmed. Your name needs to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And that comes through an agreement that Jesus Christ is died for your sins and rose from the dead and that he's coming again. And yes, a lot of people give lip service to that. Uh, I'm not sure how well the lip service works uh, in, in the final um, rendition of how this is going to all turn out. But I believe that God is saying there are those who will be lost. If you, you're ashamed, if you don't stand up for his word, if you, if you compromise his word, if we get confused about his word, if we um, feel ashamed of his word, if we want to hide the fact that we're believers, if we stay in our dead churches and think that we're rendering God a service when you're actually participating in blasphemy, blasphemy, um, the, the churches are lost. The churches are getting, the true colors are coming out more and more. And I believe that that's what is happening even in these days that things are being revealed everything that can be shaken will be shaken and that god is going to reveal it says um in luke chapter uh let's see 12 verse 2 for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed or hidden nor hidden that will not be made known therefore ever therefore Whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light and whatever you have spoken in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. He's, then he says, don't be afraid of those who kill the body. But you see the, 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 re, the reveal, the reveal of the, of the sickness, of the wickedness, of the contempt for God, the blasphemous underpinnings of the God of this world, his treacherous, bloodthirsty uh wicked human sacrifices, pedophilia, abortions, uh, assassinations, uh, orchestrating of world wars. This is going to be revealed. It is, it is nothing is going to stay hidden. Even the things that the, the idle words, the idle words, well, we have to give an account of the idle words. How many idle words are blabbered through the airwaves, the radio waves, the, the talk shows every day? Just vain, empty, stupid, blasphemous, wasteful uh, words that we'll have to give an we'll have to give an account of. So don't don't be thinking that you're going to be able to hide out under some rock or some hole or in Antarctica or something. You're not going to be able to hide. They're going to come to the point where the Bible says they're going to cry out for the mountains to have mercy on them and fall on them, the rocks to fall on them, because they're more afraid of the wrath of God than the mountains, as if the mountains could bury them enough for God not to find them. We have to remember, not only is there going to be exposure, 
mm-hmm. but there's going to be punishment. Yeah. We do, people say, oh, no, God is, God is this big candy, you know, pink candy cane God, and everything is soft and sweet, and he lets everything just go. No, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are accountable to God, and the time is going to come when all there's this thing, it's going to be exposed. It'll be either exposed now mm-hmm. in time, or after people are dead, it's going to be exposed. It's all going to come to the light, go- and it's going to be, it's going to be punished, because a righteous uh, is a judge. God is a righteous judge, mm-hmm. right? The righteous judge. The yeah. righteous, righteous judge. judge. So, if if a righteous judge does not bring punishment for crime or justice or justice, then he is not a righteous judge. Well, he says so. There has to be. There has to be punishment, and 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 it's it's going to be too bad for these that have rejected, whether ignorantly or willfully. It's not too late, though. If you're still alive and breathing, you still have you a got, chance to hope. change your mind. Right? You, you don't hope, have to go in the direction of death and destruction. Don't wait. But if, you've been we've been you, programmed too, and we have to ask God to have mercy on us to delete the programming that Satan has put in your mind, in your soul, uh, your heart, your will by the blood of the Lamb. He says here. Um, there he says in verse of Matthew chapter ten. He says, um, "I tell you, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body." He's saying it again. He said it in Matthew. He said it in Mark. I think he he said it in Luke. Um, he says, "Don't worry about it." Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I also will confess before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I'm come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. So in other words, Jesus came to bring an option. Until that time, everybody was just swept away in the drift of blasphemy and paganism. Jesus came to bring an option, and that brings a sword. Even in your own families, now we have the sword dividing right down the middle of many families because they don't they don't have um, they don't have a clear understanding of what's going on so I know we've got a lot on the on the table but but we have we have we have to make a choice it's 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 very late it's seconds to midnight well Paul said I am not Romans 116 I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek or to the Gentile. So the righteousness of God mm-hmm. is revealed. He's, I'm not ashamed of it. That and means I I'm think, not going to hide it. And the thing is, let me ask you this. Is Satan ashamed of his agenda? He, no. Satan is, he's a big, he's a big filthy mouth liar. He is blabbing yeah. his stuff mm-hmm. through 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 the media, every means Prince in churches, of the power of the air, yeah. he's blaspheming, blabbing. You look Intimidating, at you look at people lying, that are, are are just all kinds of criticism, cheating, cheating. attack, treachery, taking away the lies, voice of the of the righteous, all that stuff. He's very very bold. He's manipulating. And what, and what happens? All is, the airwaves. Is a lot of so called Christians sit with their mouths shut, mm-hmm. with their bunch of cowards. The Bible says. All cowards are going to be in the lake of fire. Well, Revelation coward means 20. fear, and fear is the opposite. Well, they're of love. bound. If we're yeah. bound by fear, if we're, are we ashamed of Jesus? Just because, you know, it's not the popular thing. It's not politically correct to to it mention never was. Jesus never, Christ. Never was. Never was. Because the political agenda is hypocrisy, and and so with the Pharisees and today with the politicians, it's pretty much hypocrisy. However, we are called not to judge. 
but to discern, and we are also called to pray and, and repent. And to open and our mouths. And to confess. Uh-huh. It's interesting. Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, famous Sermon on the Mount, right? Matthew chapter 5, verse 2. Then he opened his mouth and taught them. Well, Lord Jesus, it's we, time yeah, for taught. us to open our mouths, not in, not in anger, not in fear, not because, but, but because the of the, the love of Christ that compels us, Paul said, mm-hmm. to speak the mm-hmm. truth yes, to Father. people. So and Father, the, yes, and when we speak yes. the truth, God, have mercy. God will bring freedom. God will bring revelation. Let your mercy to set be upon this free. nation, O oh God. Let your yes. mercy again. Again, it is your toler, your your patience, your tolerance, tolerance, your mercy, that allows us even to have this t- this day. So I pray that you would use this radio show and our talk to begin to turn the people's hearts back towards love, towards righteousness, truth, to open our eyes, remove the veil that we can see, that we can have passion and compassion, and know that you are soon to return. And that the, the young ones will not be lost, but you will put clearly the vision of God and the revelation of Jesus Christ in their hearts and minds. So we pray for mercy this day for that you would cause your righteous ones to prevail against their enemies, whether it's through an election or whether it's through a selection or whether it's through standing for the truth, that your righteous ones will prevail for the glory of God and that those who are righteous will be protected by the angels of the Most High from all kinds of assassination attempts and deceptions. Father God, whether it's through their food or their friends, whatever it is, you will protect us from these deceptions, Father, and bring us to truth. Amen. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.